another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from the Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today we are doing a very, like, special movie. We are doing Child's Play. Mm-hmm. From 1988, the first Chucky movie. This is a big one for kids. Yeah. I feel like it's one that a lot of parents decide to show their kids, like... I don't know if it's a thing of them thinking that, you know, <laughs> their kids like toys, so they'll like the Chucky movies, or that, like, because it's about a toy, it may seem like a more kid-friendly horror movie. I don't, So I don't know the rationale behind that, but I do feel like it's one of the early ones that kids get allowed to watch in terms of R-rated horror movies. Certainly was for us. Like, it was a big deal when we finally got to watch Chucky when I was a kid. So, big deal for you, too. Yeah. And specifically, we haven't talked about it. Nope. <laughs> In fact, we haven't talked much at all. <laughs> no. It's been bananas here, listeners. So, yeah. Okay, news and things, right? Let's do that before yeah. we get into talking about Chucky. The first thing that made recording this episode weird was that uh, at the end of October on Halloween, in fact, uh, my screenplay, The Ones Who Stay, uh, was selected as a Bloodlist 14 screenplay. It's a competition that celebrates the best unproduced horror scripts. It was a huge honor, and it was a big thing that took up a ton of time right there at the beginning of November. And then moving into the middle of November, I had to go to LA. I didn't have to, uh, but I went to LA for the Bloodlist event. And then when I got back, Al had the flu and had a fever for three straight days. No. F- yeah. Three or four. It was, I think like, it was like it four. It was like five, actually. Yeah, well, the last day, yeah, the last day was maybe, maybe like in the morning a little bit, but it was like three, four days you had a a fever and then cadaver mom had a fever for three days when she got it after Al and then I got it after her. So I had a fever for three days and that wiped out the entirety of Thanksgiving week and half the week before we watched the movie before I went to LA and then everything went insane. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> just to give you, like, a picture here, we had Thanksgiving two days ago, basically. Which was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, we're recording this right under the wire. Thanks to health. Boy, it's been a year. 2022. Yeah. Lots of highs, lots of lows. Uh, but, boy, we're persevering, and at least we got some good news here. My script's doing well. So that's nice. People are reading it. Hopefully, Critters and Creeps, you'll get to see the movie someday. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's why we're here under the wire. And we're also going to be posting, uh, fingers crossed, provided 
the audio is okay. Uh, we recorded a Patreon exclusive that I'm going to be posting here before the end of November as well. Yeah. Lots of editing to do, but I'm okay with it because I'm here with my partner talking about a movie that is, I mean, a horror staple. Alistair, you and I haven't talked about it at all. We made a point of not talking about it, except for when I would walk around the apartment uh, asking you if you wanted to play hide the soul. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> Come on, Andy. Let's play hide the soul. <laughs> Listeners, he's not kidding. He did actually do this, though. Uh, that's as much as we've talked about it. So, Al, I'm dying to know your thoughts on Child's Play. Lay it on me. What do you want to talk about? What did you think? So... It's rated R. We didn't yeah. mention that. Ooh. Not Parental guidance. It's got swearing. It's got gore and violence. But yeah, you know, the usual horror movie warning kind of things. And a child in peril. <laughs> So there's that, too. But yes. OK, there you go. Parental guidance out of the way. Alistair, child play. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the coolest parts of this movie is also the opening. Too. Mm. What's so cool about it? It starts off basically with the guy who's called. What was it? Oh, I forgot. You said it, but now I forgot. Um, the Lakeshore Strangler? Yes. <laughs> It starts off with that guy, which I like. You like that sequence? You think that's a fun uh, hook for the movie yeah. is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, it's also, right? So he's, yeah, he's the Lakeshore Strangler. What's his name? Uh, Eddie? No. Oh, that's the other guy. <laughs> How the heck am I already forgetting their His names? name is Chucky, dude. Right. <laughs> you goofball. I know. You've had a long day. We're recording this also after Al had... A full day of school and then an hour, 15 minute drumline practice. Uh, but yeah, no, you're that's Chucky. Eddie's the other guy. Yes, you're right. So Eddie's there. Chucky's there. Specifically, though, his name is Charles Lee Ray. Yep. Right. Played by Brad Dourif. He's amazing. Charles Lee Ray. What's going on with him? So. And why, and why do you like this sequence so yeah, much? I like the sequence because it is a lot like. The sequence of the start of a crime movie. Mm, it yeah. starts off a lot like that. And you get into the like the toy store and then it becomes kind of funny. Though right. It starts it gives you the hint that this isn't going to be funnier than you expect. Cause it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when he starts doing the 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 whole voodoo on the doll and yeah. everything, you know. Which is probably one of your most favorite ones to do he did he was actually saying that during the movie so <laughs> <laughs> i apologize i didn't realize i was doing that during the you movie. were actually I, I i'm a huge child's play <laughs> fan i really am the other fun thing that i'm surprised you didn't mention is where this movie is set yeah it's set in chicago yeah and it starts out in the loop down yep. kind of near where i work actually that's a thing in this movie that is pretty cool. Your hometown, Chicago, accounted for. We got the loop. Andy's apartment is in, uh, at least the building is in Lincoln Park over where I used to work uh, when I worked on Clark Street there. 
I used to work in a parking lot on Clark Street, and yeah. and it was uh, just down the street from where the Child's Play apartment is. But yeah, so uh, it's Chicago set, but uh, so you like that it's funny. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, this makes sense because you said you really liked it, and that was as far as we got. And I was really excited about that. So what you liked is that it's not just a horror movie. It's a horror comedy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And it does both really, really well. Yeah. Horror comedies are... I actually feel like they're not that common. They're like... It's like harder to come across. And if you do find them to find a really, really great one... Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's not what I want to say. I th- you know, I said I think everything I want to say about horror comedies over on uh, Two Peas on a Podcast with my buddies Gerald and Justin. So uh, go listen to that or I'll drop a link in the show notes. We did that in October uh, talking about our top five horror comedies. But like the gist of it, Al, is like I'm more of a horror guy than a comedy guy. So, you know, I appreciate when a... You know, when a horror movie is a comedy as well, but I'll take a horror movie over a horror comedy almost every single time. And I'll still laugh at that horror movie as much as I would have a horror comedy. I don't know. It's just the way my brain works. But I don't know. Maybe we've maybe we've found something, dude. I don't know. Is Child's Play the series for you? Is this like going to be your franchise? Like the one that you like the most? I'm excited by this prospect because one thing, listeners, that I don't think we've stressed enough on the show, and we've talked about it, though, is Al's a huge comedy fan. Yeah. I mean, big, big classic comedy fan. The Marx Brothers is like, I forgot forgot his name. Buster Keaton? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Buster Keaton, Abbott and Costello, like all their stuff. Mm -hmm. You liked Bob Hope when we watched a couple Bob Hope movies? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of some other classic comedy stuff we watched. We watched a lot of silent comedies together. Oh, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Right. Forgot about them. (laughs) That was the other one. But we've yet to dive into too much Three Stooges. That we need to do more of for sure. And I've got kind of a big surprise coming for you with regards to comedies that's going to benefit our patrons. But I'll save that surprise for later, Alistair. Not later in this episode, but like later in the year. (laughs) Uh, But Al's big into comedy. So, yeah, no, I mean, that makes so much sense, dude, that you like this because it's a comedy. What in the comedy really struck you? Like, where's where's the funny coming from? And how did you find that relating to the horror or playing with the horror? You know, how how did you feel about that? Well, for me, I feel like. Most of the comedy actually comes from Chucky, mm-hmm. really. Like, I think that's probably the funniest part. It's like, even when he's still trying to kill people, I still think he's funny. Like, I feel <laughs> like it's he's just always funny. It's like, hard to take him seriously, right? Yes. Because he's like so angry and he's in the little doll body. <laughs> he's like, can't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like... When he's running around and it's clearly like a person in a suit, it's like really, that's kind of unsettling. I I find that kind of creepy. But for the most part, it does amuse me how angry Chucky gets because people don't take him all that seriously. 
because he's a little doll. And yeah, it's scary when a doll like starts talking to you or whatever, I guess. But like nobody really takes him seriously as a threat because he is a good guy doll. He's like undermined by his choice of toys to put his soul into. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, really is. And he's always got those like quips. He's always got a remark, you know. Yeah. He's got a foul mouth, of course. Yes. But I mean, how many doll movies are there where you get, you know, openings set in Chicago with voodoo and like supernatural storms, Chris Sarandon running around there? I mean, there's like so much great stuff, man. Like it's really a singular, singular movie. And you know what? The entire series, and this is one of the interesting things about it, the entire series is uh, written by like the same guy. Oh, uh, really? the entire franchise. Yeah. Don Mancini. He's the sort of the creative voice behind the entire child play franchise. And the director of the first movie was Tom Holland, who made Fright Night. Hmm. But OK, I started ranting again. Ugh, Al, save me. Talk <laughs> about child's play. You go. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so in the opening, I like Kind of the end of the opening, I think, is pretty fun, with literally just them, like, exploding a fake building. Oh, like, and they blow out the storefront. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. I like that. Can you imagine that, being downtown Chicago and seeing a storefront explode like that, with, like, a Ghostbusters cloud swirling above? And I mean, that would probably wake up anybody nearby, though. Yeah, I mean, but you're downtown. Where they are... In the city, there aren't a lot of people living, like, right there, right there, I guess. I mean, I guess that's not true. I mean, at least not. Maybe then. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that wasn't the case then. But, like, you know, down in that area, of course, there are different universities with different dorms and stuff. So, I guess there are a lot of people living there. So, no, you're right. A lot of people would be woken up. Yeah. Yeah. But you do have, which I think is really smart. Having our main character be, like, obsessed with the good guy dolls. Mm, yeah, little Andy Barkley. Yeah. Who's, what is he, six? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, and all he, and all he wants is a good guy's doll. I think one of the smartest things they have it is have it be a um, a cartoon, too. Mm. Which I really like. I like that. And why do you like that? Because you know... That it would be real popular if it's a cartoon, a toy based off of a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that. Hinting at that it's like kind of a kind of big thing. Right. I thought what you were going to point to is something that we talked about on a recent episode. The relationship between toys and cartoons. Yes. And do you remember like the era in which we were talking about those particular... Toy and cartoon tie-ins? Yep, I do. Early 90s. We were talking about the early 90s Saturday morning cartoons and how a lot of them were created to generate basically full-length advertisements for toys. That was what G.I. Joe was. That's what Transformers was, right? Like uh, Masters of the Universe, you know, all of that stuff. Generating interest in these toys and so they would often have a toy first and a cartoon second and i thought that's where you were going with this and maybe that's what you were thinking yeah okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay so that what you like is that it does tie in with everything that you understand about marketing Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But also, if you think about it, they do do it backwards. Because if you hear the announcement, they announce that you can get a toy. So it's a cartoon first, then a toy. Which mm. is more of a newer kind of thing. I wonder. Because there's also the problem there that we know the child's play toys, or the child's play toys, the good guy's toys, <laughs> um, they are out in the market before we see Andy watching the cartoon. So we can only assume that the cartoon is just telling Andy to go buy the toys. Yeah. Probably, you know, like you'd be watching again, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, whatever. And they would show the commercials for that. No, I like that you see that tie here, man, because it really does bring together a lot of the stuff that you and I love to do together. Watching these Saturday morning cartoons you know, looking at all of these weird old toys and stuff. We have that uh, great toy store in Lincoln Square called Quake Collectibles. That's Quake Collectibles, if I can enunciate. And uh, we go in there and just look at the old toys and stuff and buy some of the weirdo old things for friends as presents and for ourselves to, you know, put on the wall or on a shelf or in a box <laughs> and where it doesn't get seen for a while. But I like that you see that connection, man. And I'm really excited to find out, though, that you're a fan of it because it's funny, because the series gets kind of a little darker moving into like towards the third one. The third one isn't quite as funny. Like, it gets a little bit more serious and slashery in the second and third ones. But then, once you hit four, it goes wild. Like, it gets <laughs> crazy. So, you're going to like that stuff. But that stuff is a little more adult even still. Um, you probably won't get to Bride of Chucky for a while. Which one's that? That's the fourth one. Hmm. But that's all right. You got time. We got lots of other movies to go over. Yeah. So what else about Child's Play stands out to you, man? I like how it's kind of like a lot of movies where it's like the character tries to tell them, but like they don't believe them. Mm. But in this movie, it's kind of extreme because he gets sent to like a kind of prison. I'm not sure. Ah, it's like, yeah. He gets locked up in um, like a mental institution effectively yeah. because... They think that there is something psychologically wrong with him because people are getting hurt and dying and he's blaming it on his toy when he's roughly the same size as the toy. So it must be the kid killing people, right? Yeah. Oh, little Andy. Yeah. And in that uh, hospital, though, is a kill that you and I had forgotten because we were trying to like count up the the deaths in the movie because there aren't a ton actually. No, it's not actually. Yeah, it's just a small handful. Um and some of them happen off screen and none of them are terribly terribly gory or anything. I don't remember. Do you? Does it, like one of them I have to close my eyes for just a one part, remember? With the huh. uh, voodoo guy, the voodoo doll. Oh, right, right, right. No, I because I didn't remember what he did with the voodoo doll. So, because uh, it had been a minute since I'd watched the movie, so I did have you cover your eyes just in case. But I believe we went back and looked at it, didn't we? No. No? no. All right. Because he told me it happened, I'm like, mm, yeah, nah. Oh, and then he just didn't want to see it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I didn't think it was too bad. But 
nothing okay. in it was too terrible, like in terms yeah. of the the gore and stuff. So it is a more palatable thing. But I the, I guess the creepy factor for kids is really in the dolls, right? Yeah. Like kids have dolls, and would be worried about dolls coming to life and killing them, perhaps if you know they watched a child's play movie. But Alistair, are you worried about your dolls? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, even when I was a kid and my aunt had a Chucky doll, I wasn't afraid of the Chucky doll because I was like, man, I want that Chucky doll. <laughs> you know, like it'd be rad. And if he came to life, all the better. Let's go. Got me a new best friend, Charles Lee Ray. I may have been a sick kid. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like you, though. That's yeah. No, fair. <laughs> But any final last uh, words about Child's Play in general? Like, what what would be your kind of capsule review of it before we get into our segments, right? Like, your general overview of, like, what makes it great and why you would recommend it, who you would recommend it to, etc. Personally, I think what makes it great is that it is a very good horror comedy and it's... It's um it's a very well designed movie with a lot of like things you can notice like in the background. Mm, like the the details, the production design, you mean. Yeah. That's good. Hey, hey, good on you for acknowledging a very very specific role in filmmaking that most people don't, the production design. <laughs> good on you, man. Uh any any production designer I know would just be ecstatic to hear you acknowledge production design specifically and knowingly. Mm-hmm. I think that's very well done anyway. I mean, all the little uh, bits and bobs of, like, Chucky's gear, you know, his little shoes, his little, like, knife, his bacon knife, whatever which the heck is, that is. Which is literally, it just appears. <laughs> I mean, you look at the knife... And it's got maybe like a snake on it. What is that? Can I see? I don't know. We're looking at the uh, the slip cover here for the 4K release from Scream Factory. And he's got the knife. I've always just called it his bacon knife. But it's like a, a rope or something or a snake. I don't know. Oh, it looks like bacon to me. It still looks bacony, Yeah. Who knows? It kind of just like appears. It's like... Oh, he just has like a bacon knife now. Yeah, yeah. And he's also got his little like baseball bat, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't have all the things that we see him have on the uh, the poster back no. there. He doesn't have an axe and stuff like that or guns, but he does have a hammer. I believe he has yes, a hammer. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And also apparently like, pretty sure he has like a bomb or something. I forgot. How did he? Oh, he blows up the, the place with Eddie in it. Yeah. Um, what he does is he turns the gas on on the stove and lets it fill the place up with gas and then explodes it. So, like, if you ever go to turn the oven on and it doesn't light, you can't leave it on or else, like, the house will explode if that gas reaches a flame. Because it'll just seep out of the stove and it'll just keep going. But when you have the stove on and it's burning... It's actually burning the gas. That's the fuel for the fire. But yeah. if it's not burning, it's just going everywhere. So he lets it permeate the house so that he can light it on fire. And then when that gets into the gas main, 
uh, that's hooked into the stove, the entire place goes up. That's why a lot of houses like blow up in things. It'll be, you know, the the gas mains and stuff underneath the houses or whatever will explode. Uh Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's what he did. He didn't have a bomb. He was just using his environment. Well, okay, man. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty great capsule review of Child's Play. It's a great horror comedy. It's a really funny horror movie. It's also spooky. It's got some good spooks in it. We'll talk about that. Uh, Because one of the great things about, you know, the show is even if we do ramble on in our (laughs) review portion, we do get very pointed about this great monstery stuff. So let's do that. Let's get into our segments and talk about Beastly Best. Yeah. What is the coolest thing that... Chucky does in this movie. Can you go first? <laughs> sure, sure. Hmm, the coolest thing Chucky does is... Oh, man. It's the whole car sequence with Chris Sarandon. When he's in the driver's seat and Chucky's trying to stab him through this seat. And it's, like, going all through, like, Chicago. You know, down in, like, South Loop or whatever. And it's just, like, ramping up over things or whatever and almost crashing. And Chucky's trying to stab through the seat. Love that stuff. Like yep. the his his big reveal to the police officer that he is alive when he's going to try to kill him. That's great. So that's my beastly best. I think that's the coolest. What do you got? I was going to decide between that and another one. And if you were going to say that one, I was going to say the other one. Okay. So I'm going to say that one, which... Is the part where he electrocutes the guy. Ah, yeah. The the, the uh, doctor in the uh, institution yep. that Andy's locked up in. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess we didn't talk much about the plot, but I assume a lot of our listeners know the story of it. Probably. I mean, you know, a little late, but it's the story of a guy who uses voodoo to put his soul in a doll body, and then he has to put his soul into... The body of the first person to whom he revealed his secret, which is this six-year-old kid named Andy. (laughs) That's the story. So uh, let's then move on to get spooked. Spookiest moment. There's, to my mind, only one moment in this movie that is the get spooked spookiest moment. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I think I'm probably going to say the one you were going to say. Which is the part where, it, which is the part where the mom is like convinced that he's alive, in, tra- in like I'm gonna throw you in the fire, and then just instantly springs into like super mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great stuff. Yeah, so it's like right in there. Absolutely right, because that's great. <laughs> that moment's amazing, and he starts freaking out and swearing at her and like yeah. trying to to like punch her and stuff. Um, but. Uh, I think the creepier part of that scene is earlier in the scene when she's looking at the good guy's box and the batteries fall out. Yeah. And she realizes Chucky doesn't have any batteries in him. So she goes and she like opens it up just to check and see maybe there are batteries in him already. Maybe he came packaged with him, right? She opens it up. There are no batteries and his like head spins around or whatever. And she like drops him and he goes rolls under the couch. Yeah. That's spooky stuff. Yeah. It um, really did scare me, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that whole end of the movie, the, the fight with Chucky in the apartment, that's great stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's so exciting. We were laughing and having a great time watching all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did think that part was really, really funny, too. 
Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious and it's scary in equal measure. It's one of the brilliant things about this movie that it can balance all of this. So, Funny Bones, because this is a comedy, right? That's what drew you to it in particular, that it is funny. What is the funniest part? Personally, I would say when Chucky actually, um, the part where he goes through the window with like the voodoo guy, just that entire scene, I think is probably the funniest. Oh, when he's like threatening the voodoo guy and... Not just that, but the part before it, when he's just like talking to him. Oh, yeah, just his banter, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's the thing about Chucky is the Brad Dourif performance reading these lines. It's this perfect combination, you know? Yeah. Um, Actually, there's a remake of it from 2019, if I recall correctly, where Chucky is voiced by Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker. Wild, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that scene's really funny. I also find his let's play hide the soul stuff really funny. Every time we see Chucky... Okay, no, no, no. When Whenever we see Chucky the doll like doing voodoo that's hilarious to me i don't know what it is but seeing this little doll in his overalls and his little stripy shirt doing voodoo and like calling out the dark supernatural forces that is supremely hilarious to me yeah (laughs) so with that we're at our big one man scream themes what would you say is a powerful message delivered by Child's Play through the totality of its story. Because all stories disseminate messages to the audiences, whether we like to admit it or not. Struggling with this one, huh? Kind of. So maybe we can talk it through together. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure I have a good idea. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I think it is... Accept the outcome and don't try to change the outcome or it might do more harm. Hmm. And what part of the story are you getting that from? Um, I'm getting that. It's more of like... Like which character's story? Like what do you mean? Chucky's actually. From Chucky. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're looking at it from... Okay, this is great. Oh, Alistair. Ah, love it. Because... My big question for you when I was proposing that maybe we would talk it out together was I was going to ask you, whose perspective are we supposed to be adopting in this movie, right? And it's not clear. The movie does split its focus between these uh, four characters almost equally, right? But at the heart of it all is Chucky, and he can't accept the outcome of his actions, right? So he's, yeah, he only... Uh, makes things worse for himself as a result. And of course, everybody else, but he doesn't care. He's a bad person, right? He made a stupid series of decisions and did not accept his consequences. And look where it got him. Stuck inside a tiny doll body. Yeah, that's great, dude. Good job. So uh, with that... Listeners, we will be coming back to you, we think, pretty soon with a new Who the Al is. We realized we didn't do the Terminator, which is a huge oversight. Yeah. 
Like, I, at least I don't find any evidence of it. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we did it and it just wasn't coming up when I was searching for it. But I couldn't find evidence of it. But it just seemed like a no brainer that we would have done it. And we did not. So we're going to come back to you with uh, who the Al is Terminator at some point. And if you think of any other kind of things that maybe we didn't do a who the Al is on, let us know, because that's the kind of stuff that I, I feel like maybe was a blind spot when we were brainstorming because we were going through like Michael Myers, Pinhead, Chucky, Leatherface, Jigsaw, right? We were going through like the horror staples, but there are like sci-fi horror characters. You know, we did the Xenomorph, we did the Predator. So there, there's bound to be some more that I'm just not quite, you know, connecting um the at least at the moment right we did like reanimator for example you know so maybe some more of that sci-fi stuff i don't know if you think of anything listeners hit us up let us know but uh that at least gives us a new who the al is coming in the not too distant future we hope but uh we're also going to be uh coming at you next month on patreon for all you patrons with some christmassy stuff fingers crossed I'm more hopeful for December as a month of recording than I, well, I I was really hopeful for November as well, but everything went berserk after the blood list. Yeah. And then, uh, then we got sick. Oh boy, did we ever get sick. Avoid the flu this year, y'all. Get your flu shots. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> and I tried. Oh man. And Al's, Al was scheduled to get one. Yep. Like, like, here's just this next week. My entire class basically had it. Like, yeah. Ugh. Almost everybody. We had, at one point, we had almost 15 people gone. I mean, it it's really been running through Chicago here pretty rough. So take care of yourselves, listeners. Uh, but Alistair, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find us and support us online elsewhere? You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash word salad you can find us on twitter at cadaver underscore cast who knows for how long twitter is on fire we'll see how that goes you can find us on facebook at the cadaver cast critters and creeps club join the club and you can find us on instagram at cadavercast. and you can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com Yep. This is all getting harder for you with uh, with us recording one episode a month. When we were doing two a month, you were getting it every time. And you can find our merch at teespring.com slash cadavercast. There you go. <sighs> <laughs> and ratings and reviews and all of that. And oh, we've got a new patron. Ah, before we get out, let's thank our new patron. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Welcome to Word Salad Patreon Shay. Thanks for joining Patreon. Um, it really does help us a lot. So thanks always. Thanks to actually thanks to all the patrons the, right? yeah, and all our listeners, to, obviously. Yep. yep right? That's what I'm trying to say. I've had a long day. It, yes, you have. And but we're actually yeah, we're going to start talking about more like comedy stuff on Patreon uh, since, you know, we do our monster and horror things here publicly we thought let's take and do a whole series on comedies on the back end of the show right yep um and so i'm really looking forward to that 
it may just be a spin-off or a sub-series within the uh, not-so-creepy critters that we do over there. Might be a good thing to do there. Maybe we'll yeah. do a whole new series. Who knows? But we are very much looking forward to talking about more comedies in 2023. Uh, we're going to be doing a whole lot more movies that Alistair could not previously have seen in 2023. So stay tuned, listeners. I'm really excited for what this next year has to bring after this year was so tumultuous and weird uh, with so many highs and so many lows. But uh, things are things are looking positive. So Alistair, great work on this episode, partner. You know what to do. You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love ya. Bye.